0: hey thank you for listening to the parent blogging podcast with rise youth to equip and empower parents for the work of discipleship in the home Uh, this week we have another youth pastor's perspective for parents of teens and that is steve keels steve is kind of a legend around here he um, oversaw good shepherds youth ministry as it blew up to hundreds of kids Um, they uh, started dunes He and his wife Sue uh, are also uh, tremendous parents who've raised six kids of their own. We get into his story and what it looked like to balance um, leading a growing ministry as well as raising a big family. Um, He actually gets into the depths of his own despair as recently he's actually lost one of his own kids and explores uh, what it looks like to walk with Jesus in some of the deepest and darkest seasons. He is a tremendous leader and a friend uh, to those of us here at RISE, and I would encourage you to tune in and glean much wisdom from uh, Steve Keels. Here is my interview with him. How did you manage having a large, growing ministry, all while raising your own family?
1: Well, we have six kids, um, and... uh, you know, that's always going to be the balancing act. I would say that first and foremost, my relationship with my wife has always been primary. You can ask my kids. That's probably the, the best gauge of it. Um, ask them how they would view my marriage. I mean, might as well ask them. Um, and I think every one of them would say, excellent. Because um, I've heard my boys especially say, dad, we love the way you love our mom. You know, that's huge, right? And, um, and that's important to me. And so I think my wife and I have an amazing marriage. But my wife also, um, she's, she's a very strong woman. She's amazing. She loves Jesus. Uh, and I always have felt her support for me in ministry. She knows the demands of it. She knows the ups and downs of it emotionally. She knows how people can sometimes... Um, put pressure on you uh, and say things they ought not really say, but they do, and it doesn't feel good, but they somehow think that you are capable of handling uh, an awful dose of tongue abuse. (laughs) And so my wife will feel some of that too, and that's not all that fun. Um, But I think um, ministry is challenging. It's delightful, but it's very challenging. And part of it is just because you're dealing with um, a lot of ups and downs of emotions that come with church and, um, and you can get parents that complain about it too because their kids aren't being loved the way they thought they should be loved and they just you know put undue pressure on so my wife she will experience that but I think in raising my kids um, different season at different times each of them were uh, like any other family especially when you're a large family like ours um, we had just had a whole lot of juggling to do you know Uh, But I would say that um, through the stages, in terms of uh, influencing them in Jesus, I would always ask them, uh, how are we doing in Jesus? (laughs) That was always kind of fun. But most important was telling them about how I was doing in Jesus. Um, A lot of times, I think people love to do family devotions. Ours would be disastrous. I mean, are you kidding me? Okay, family, let's all sit around and listen to Mr. Rogers, your God, are you kidding me? You know, and I would be Mr. Rogers, and that ain't happening. So so I was like, yeah, no way. I mean, Jay's bouncing off the walls. Drew's, you know, howling. And Daniel's, like, rolling his eyes because he's the oldest. And Ben doesn't say anything. And Kendra is complaining. And Christy's smiling. I mean, you give me a break. Try doing a Bible study with that. And they're all at different ages. You know, I mean, we had six under the age of eight. Daniel was the oldest. So we decided, no, nope, no family devotion that way. That isn't happening. The only family devotion you're going to get out of this one is when we pray before we eat. So so it would be um, in pockets, different ones, you know. Um, But one of the best ways that I think helped me was doing Bible studies with my kids' friends and them. So I did that a lot. So the best way that I discipled my children was to not have a Bible study with my kid by myself, but I would do it with their friends. So the friends and I would sit around, and we'd open up the Bible together, and my son loved it. My kids liked it because you know their friends liked it you know so that was one way that I I was able to disciple my children was to do it with their friends that's the best thing you could ever do me because then you know what they're doing because their friends will tell you
0: <laughs> man that's so good what, what did you do to pursue your wife
1: dates all the time we loved going on dates you know I mean we love dates and um Uh, And we don't mind leaving our kids, trust me. See you, have a good year, you know. I mean, we really don't mind. Hey, off to the babysitter, you go for two nights, see ya. You know, you see some of these families that are like, I don't understand it. It's like, why... Why in the world uh, do you go away for two days and you're all of a sudden missing your kids? You've got to be joking me. I mean, I want to be with my wife. So, you know, I will miss you when I get back, you know. So no dates are huge going out. Are you joking me having them spend the night at the grandparents or somebody just our friends or my sisters? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I mean, go have some fun, for goodness sakes. Um, that's always huge for us. And then I think my kids always saw that we had friends over all the time. Our house was um, always like Grand Central Station. And we our buddies come over to our house all the time, and they still do. And so they would see us being social. And we love it right in front of them. You know, their kids would come over too, and, and we would hang out. And that was always good. And our house has always been a house filled with food so that my kids could have their friends spend the night, uh, I loved them spending the night. I I loved every minute of it. And I'd go upstairs, and there'd be a ton of kids upstairs sleeping. And I was like, yeah, go for it. I'd love it. And I think the kids loved staying overnight at my house more than my kids ever did theirs. As a matter of fact, it was always my kids, their friends always wanted to spend the night at my house. Well, it needs to be a place that isn't feeling like a bunch of rules and regulations and going in and saying, be quiet. No, we'd be laying in bed. We knew they were laughing, and I knew I needed to get up in the morning, but it didn't matter. Let them laugh. And uh, they'd be going to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning sometimes, but that's life. I would, I would rather them have a ball at my house than anywhere else. Yeah, come to my house. I have food for you. And they, their friends would walk into the house and get into my refrigerator. I didn't. We rarely just had my kids at the table. It was always their friends who had to make... Uh, whole lot of food all the time mm-hmm. for us and we they actually um were at our house so much that many of them i can tell you their names too where they felt like uh we were their second home and we loved it
0: and that was effective in terms of discipling your kids
1: yeah it's not just the bible study it's being in their lives mm-hmm. you know in the Talk way
0: about that a little
1: bit just well i mean you just yeah you take them on vacation with you you take some of their friends on vacation with you uh, I remember sometimes Daniel used to get so bugged to me dad my friends come over and they go over and sit with you Why aren't they hanging out with me? I'm like because I'm way more fun than you (laughs) And I'm way cooler than you and I can't help it if you're not cool (laughs) Did you
0: do public school private school? What was it like when your kids were growing up?
1: Yeah, we did public school. We tried the homeschooling for a little while, but oh my gosh, that was a disaster that was my wife's idea, not mine. I do not take credit for that. That was one of those moments where it was like, "Sure, babe, go ahead." I don't know a book you just read, but go for it. Some people are really good at it. We had some friends that did it, um, and uh, we finally got out of it. But one of the things that was challenging, I think, for parents, and we saw this especially with some of the homeschool parents. Um, which is, I am not against it at all. But you just need to remember that it doesn't for sure uh, ensure a kid to not walk with Jesus. And I think a lot of the times parents can get discouraged in that they believe, my goodness, I taught them the Bible, I homeschooled them, I did everything right, I made sure they went to church, I even checked the internet, made sure they didn't do anything immoral, and if they did, boy, did they get in trouble, they kissed dating goodbye, I mean, you know, whole nine yards. And then the kids don't walk with Jesus, and then I've seen these very same parents that, that they did everything right walk away from Jesus themselves because it was disappointing to them. It didn't turn out the way that they had thought, and that's not the way Jesus ever intended it. You know, you need to understand that uh, that son or daughter is their choice to walk with Jesus in time. You can have a sanctified home. Scripture speaks to that idea. Sanctified home, meaning this is a home where, yes, we will serve the Lord. But nowhere does it say that because I'm raising my sons and daughters to be in the environment of Jesus, do I have anything to do with their coming to Jesus and to know him. That's going to be their choice. Now, they might at some point make a decision and say it. But we will see the fruit of it. So what are
0: some of the challenges you face personally?
1: Well, I think our kids, um, the older four, um, and then I can tell you about my two younger ones. Um, The older four uh, um, loved going to church. Actually, all six of them loved going to church. So that was never a problem for us. Uh, they loved it. They went on the retreats with me. I took them ever since they were young on all my retreats. So I thought, hey, you might as well come be in it. And they loved it. And so those were kind of our little family vacations. and <laughs> go on the student ministry retreat with me. That was the best way to do it. I mean, why not? And so they couldn't wait to be a part of uh, high school because they had been raised in it. All of them been raised in student ministry. I'd always encourage youth pastors to take their kids on every retreat you got. Why not? They'll remember it the rest of their life, and my kids still do constantly. They, they, their favorite memories are not our vacations. It's the student ministry retreats, <laughs> yeah, by far. Um, but I think, I think they will, when you put them in an environment, the, the biggest thing is helping them know how to pick friends. You know, that was always something big for Sue and I we wanted to make sure they knew how to dis- have a discernment in selecting friends and who they're going to hang out with. Um, because then that would also be the discernment in terms of who they're going to marry. You know, so if you can't pick good friends, there's a good chance you're not going to pick a good wife or a good husband. Because you're already lacking discernment um, unless there's a radical change in Jesus. And then you'll remember, oh, wisdom is essential in terms of who I'm going to give my life to. You know, I, you know, God re, you know people get into marriages because they were reckless and God does a miracle and he does amazing things. But it isn't without his challenges. Um, And all marriages can have their challenges, so it doesn't really, so don't misinterpret me at that. But I think um, the nice thing is, is they, the older four really did select some uh, really good friends. My younger two, um, they, for a long period of time, had selected amazing friends, and we were very much involved in their lives. Um, And then uh, later on in high school, my youngest decided to, with those very friends Uh, Together, I mean, they ended up making poor choices. And so here is my last one. Um, Very dear to me, very close to me. Uh, My kids used to rank on me by saying, Dad, is Jason going to get all the inheritance because you are so close? Well, he's the baby, of course. But then those very friends who were close to him, that group decided to, um, by the time they were, I don't remember, I think it might have, later on in high school, um, started sniffing around the edges on some stuff. And so that became real concerning. That was a new trial for us. Uh, we hadn't, um, experienced that before. You know, we had, uh, normal disruptions, but nothing like this one, this one, he decided to get into drugs and, um, our two youngest are adopted. And we used to tell them, um, because they were, uh, uh, drug babies at the time when we adopted them and we had to go through some of those withdrawals as babies do um, we hadn't known anything about what that was like of course but we worked very hard as parents to make sure that they understood that you ever touch that your bodies will crave it more than most because your your parents were uh, drug addicts themselves and so um, we told them that and said you know don't touch that which you were born with and then They both did, and uh, together, and my one son, Drew, got completely off of it and has given me two amazing grandkids, and he's doing very well that way, he and his wife. But my youngest son um, ended up getting to a position where uh, he couldn't get off of it. He would be clean for um, a long period of time, sometimes a year, sometimes four years, hated it, hated the very fact that he got into the devil's drug, and I would say that. Um, uh, there are, there's an epidemic with, uh, drug addictions today. Um, so we ended up having to wrestle with that. And so six months ago, we, uh, found our son dead in his bedroom. That was pretty sucko, you know? So that was a hard day. I mean, hearts been sucko. We, I had father's day this week and that was the worst one for me. Um, love my kids, but we had him clean for a long period of time, and we knew that if he was to go back and to do drugs again, that we, he could take it at the same level that he had before, and we feared that. It was, um, uh, he had relapsed, it was Thanksgiving, and then the next day after Thanksgiving, Sue, so that's when we found him. So. But it's, um, we miss him um, but there's nothing like uh, the pain of that and uh, so it's pretty. we've just had to try to work through it I'm so sorry for yeah it sucks Man. but we got a lot of support you know colleagues some, a lot of my pastors and some, you know I've done in our community I know I've done more probably in the whole state of Oregon I've done way more student funerals kid funerals teenager funerals people in the 20s Probably than anyone, Um, um, high-profile funerals, uh, shooting, out of Reynolds, um, tons, suicides and such. Um, So I've been with families in those situations. I'm not a counselor, but I've seen the grief. I've seen the pain. I've I've seen it when uh, high school kids have been in car accidents and what it's like at the hospital and walking into the homes or walking on the campus at the high school and it's quiet and they see you walk in and the students know who you are as a pastor and and it's very, very subdued. So I've been in all of those situations. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed since the loss of Jason is I never knew the level of pain of what that was. So the reason why I walk you down that a little bit is because I had no idea. Um, You know, you fear the loss of your kid. You know, it's like, I remember Jay used to say to me, you know, when I'd do a funeral, I'd go lay in his bed and smell his hair and Kiss on him, and and uh, when he was younger, he'd go, Dad, I can tell when you've done a funeral, you keep coming into our rooms and laying in bed with us. I'm like, yeah, because it was always, you know, you if you go and I'm sure you have if you've ever gone to a service and you have a kid who happens to be the age of the one you just buried, it just intensifies your emotion um, because you fear that so deeply. Um, Well, then it happens to you, and you just are like, no. The hardest thing about it is a grief I've never known before. I mean, first of all, we have had a lot of support. You do the service, and, you know, Jay's service was, I think God really used it. Um, It was quite full. the auditorium, we have a big church. And then his service we put online online. Almost 1,500 people have watched it, and there have been people, parents who watch it, who don't want to be me now, and they have their drug addicted kid watch it, so they can say, You don't want to do this to your family. But you see the gospel involved in it when my family tells the testimony. But one of the things that's hardest in this is um, uh, everything moves on, but you don't. You know, you go to stores, everybody's smiling, everybody's happy, people come up. You can't in your heart move on like you see in your surroundings, um, and then you have people say the weirdest things to you. <laughs> well intentioned, you know. You're doing better now. <laughs> it's like, and then I have to say, well, how would you be doing? And they go, Oh yeah, no. Oh okay. So you you can't imagine it, but somehow you think that uh, we're a rock star or something. <laughs> not, not at all, actually. No, I would say that both and I, I mean, we do it differently, but you cry most days. But the, the the journey is nothing you want, you know. Do I know it will change in time? Well, certainly. Um, but I'm not we're not at that point, but we will be. We know that. Uh but you can I s now you can see the depth of the anguishes. I've had people come up to me who have Lost their kids, and I've I didn't even know some of it. I mean, after I teach on a weekend, uh, so
0: hey amen. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, some of the depths of the difficulty that you've gone through as a parent and as a man. How has your church come around you?
1: No, actually, church is uh, what helped save our family, yeah. you know, not because I couldn't do it on my own, and I don't understand why parents are having their church see the irregularity of attending and being a part of it. And I don't understand how parents leave church and talk negative about the pastor and the church and, oh, I didn't like this message, or I didn't like that song. And then they breed negative kids. But our kids, all of them, even Jason, I have tons of letters where he loved church. He was going back to church here and yeah, He was um, coming back with his girlfriend, and they were showing up in services, and our church was hugging on him, and I was loving it. And it's like he would always say, Dan, church is always amazing to us because we never missed, and it was important. It wasn't dutiful. It was a blast. Their friends were there. We were there. So um, there isn't a solution, you know, but there is. um, Your kids will see your... uh, unconditional love. And Jay knew it. You know, he knew it.
0: And you've faced incomprehensible grief, Steve. Um, you've also seen huge blessings, though. Um, talk to us a little bit about your grandkids. You have grandkids,
1: right? Oh, well, I've got 15 of them, <laughs> you know, and uh, all my kids got married pretty early. Um, so and my wife, um, she's been a baby lover like crazy. And so every one of my kids were crazy about kids. Um, and so there wasn't this resistant to children, you know, so they love kids. Um, so that was one thing. (laughs) I, one of the things that, um, I love about being, you know, uh, a papa is that, um, I don't have to do the disciplining anymore. (laughs) I do all the spoiling, and it drives my kids nuts, you know, I'm like, they're like, Dad, you can't be giving my kids all that candy. And I go, yeah, I can. It's my house. They're going to eat all the candy they want. And they used to try to stop me. Now they just gave in, like whatever. Because the grandkids love to spend the night at my house. We are the fun place. We are the party. And I do nothing but spoil. Mm-hmm. That's why they always ask to spend the night. Because I'm fun. And Mom's fun. So Christmas is nutty. Which means that's why I can't sell my home, because they all come over, spend the night. We, we gather there, and um, we love Yeah, My four older ones are um, walking with Jesus, all very involved in the church, and their kids are a part of the body. And then my youngest son, Drew, uh, we bring his children to church. He was coming back to church again. Good environment, liking it, but then he just moved over to another place and I'm like, get your rear in church. And I say stuff like that to him too. I don't I don't back down on that. I am a nag. I'll say, Drew, why aren't you going to church? What's wrong with you? I didn't raise you to be like this. Oh dad, no. oh, okay. <laughs> so I have no problem being a nag. You know, if you're backing off, I'm backing in on you. You know, and uh, you just that's not gonna change.
0: So the pursuit like never stops.
1: No. No, 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 no. If I ever notice any of my kids are are backing away from church, they're going to hear it from me. I'm not going to not say anything. Why would I do that? I think it's important. Look, you liked it. Look what God did with you. So why would you not want to do that with your kids? You know, it gives them a greater opportunity to know Jesus, and it gives them a lesser opportunity to know a thing about Jesus if you keep them out of church. You don't know when they're going to at one point, go on a retreat or hear a certain message. And all of a sudden, man, it's time to live for Jesus. But if you don't go to church with your kids, you take away those opportunities. What final words would you give to leaders and parents? Um, I would say, um, you personally need to be growing in Jesus. And I would ask you, what are you studying? What are you reading? Uh, and, um, And your your sons and daughters will know that. They'll see if you are um, a student of God's Word, a student of learning. And then I would would say the way you treat each other in your marriage is always going to be noticed. Just remember that. They're watching. So if you have a bad temper in your marriage and you're screaming at your spouse, um, just know that kid knows that and they hear it and they probably can't wait to get out of that home in time. And then they will remember it. And you'll have a challenging uh, relationship with your adult children. So be careful of that. Um, and I would also say that um, uh, be careful how you talk about the body of Christ. Uh, your, your sons and daughters will be listening to that.
0: Man, thanks so much for taking the time to not only share some truth and encouragement, but your story. Um, your story, Steve. We really are grateful to hear it and to Uh, the ups and the downs, the pain and the blessings, Steve. You're very, very loved, bro. Thanks again for being here. Thank
1: you. Thanks, Nolan.
0: This has been a really helpful interview for me. Um, We are just grateful for the ministry, the work, the life of Uh, men like Steve in this area, and he has uh, really opened up his heart to us. And so uh, I would ask a couple things. One, that we would learn from Steve, Uh, not only learn some of these principles, like being a biblical leader, a biblical parent who pushes for a Bible culture in the home, who is pursuing uh, their kids even many years after they move on from the home, Uh, but but also that we would um, pray for Steve. So we would learn from Steve and then we would pray for Steve. Um, This is to be one of the most difficult seasons that one can imagine going through, and I can't even fathom um, how this season feels. And so as a church, uh, those of us here at Rise, I would encourage you to take a moment and actually pray for Steve, for his family, thank God for his faithfulness, and also uh, just praying for them as they grieve the loss of their son, Jason. Man, I am so tremendously inspired by Steve, by Good Shepherd, by Alcorn, by all that they have done through these years. And it wouldn't be uh, possible for us here at Rise to continue to advance the gospel were it not for these tremendous leaders and their uh, legacy here in this region. And so, man, thankful that you got to tune into this and we will see you guys next week with the parent blog and podcast.